Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study. This is week 7, day 1 of our study of 2 Corinthians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Corinthians 9, 1-5. Welcome back to the 10-week Bible study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God? Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you more through your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we jump in, I want to encourage you to remember to read 2 Corinthians 10 times in these 10 weeks. So we're on week 7 here, so just a few more weeks. But if you haven't started, jump in now. Reading... God's word over and over, week after week, it really does transform the way that you encounter his word and the way that you encounter him. So we've got uh, essentially four weeks, four if you count this week or three more after this, uh, for you to jump in and read it three or four times in these next several weeks. I I really encourage you to do that. It really will just uh, change so much about your life in God and his word. All right, with that, let's go and jump into God's Word. we be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 1. There is no need for me to write to you about the service, uh, about this service of the Lord's people. And, and let's pause for a second. So in that chapter 8, Paul is uh, exclusively talking about taking up a collection from the Corinthians to give to the, the needy people in Jerusalem. And so he's been essentially everywhere he's going on this last missionary journey of his, he's been taking up a collection to go take to the the apostles in Jerusalem for, you know, for the people there. And it's difficult. Again, we, we've talked about this, but, but just as a brief aside to remember what's going on, uh, the Christians in Jerusalem, they're all Jewish or, you know, most of them are Jewish, but Jerusalem is the only Jewish controlled, you know, major city in the world. Right, so if you're in Corinth and you get kicked out of the synagogue, you're not kicked out of the marketplace. You're not kicked out of all of these other places where you can make money and feed your family. But in Jerusalem, if you're kicked out of the synagogue, you're also shunned from the market. And shunned, you know, so, all of a sudden, making money and feeding your family gets very difficult. You add on top of that uh, financial, you know, uh, systemic financial issues like a financial collapse or a, a famine and those kinds of things, and things get very, very tough, very, very quickly for people. And so that's what the collection is for, is, is going to the people in Jerusalem. And so this chapter, again, uh, some scholars think that this is a, a, a different letter, the beginning of a different letter. It's maybe there was like redundant information in the other letter. So this is maybe sort of new information, but chapters eight and nine are very similar. It's almost like he says different things. Some people actually believe that the, the chapter eight or up to chapter eight was written to the people of Corinth. And that chapter nine was written to the people of the, uh, the, you know, the province of Achaia or the, you know, like um, we've, we've looked at the map, but you've got, um, you've got Corinth is on the south side of essentially what is now this, uh, this little isthmus where the, there's now a, a canal dug there. So that's, I would be Corinth. And on the north side of that, you've got Achaia where Athens is. Uh, Athens was uh, 
uh, probably culturally a more important city, but not economically or, or by, by power was not as important as Corinth. And so Corinth actually became kind of the provincial uh, capital over this whole area. And so he's writing to these groups of people. So some people think that maybe chapter nine was a different letter written to kind of a different group of people, but all under the umbrella of the church of Corinth. But we don't know any of that for sure. We don't know any of that. And so we're just kind of continuing on in this vein about giving the money for the people in Jerusalem. Continuing on verse two, for I know your eagerness to help. And I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you and Achaia were ready to give and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow but that you may be ready as I said you would be. So he's saying, you know, I'm sending you this letter with these guys that are bringing it. Titus is one of them. And, um, and so I'm kind of preparing you to think about what you want to give. How much do you want to give? And, and remember, he's already talked about how like all of the rest of the churches, they don't have much money. Corinth has got money. Corinth is now, uh, Corinth was destroyed by the Romans and then a hundred years or so later, it's been rebuilt. It's been made kind of a provincial capital. They're dumping tons of money into Corinth to rebuild it up. And so there's construction, there's, there's all sorts of stuff going on. Rome is interested in rebuilding Corinth. And so there's money going into Corinth. So the people that live there, they're making money. They're doing well. Um, because there is, there is commerce and there's energy going into its rebuilding. And so these people are much more well off than in a lot of other places. Verse four, for if any Macedonians come with me and uh, find you unprepared, we, uh, not to say anything about you, we would be ashamed of having been so confident. So he's, he's saying, I'm, I'm one, I'm, like we're coming. And so I'm sending Titus and these other guys ahead of me just to say, Hey, we want you to go ahead and get prepared to decide what you're going to give. Um, because there's probably going to be some Macedonians who've already given. We, we know from chapter eight, they've already, they've already given. And if we come, we've been bragging about just how awesome you guys are. If we come and y'all are all like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure I want to, not sure I want to give to that or, or whatever. He's like, we don't, we don't really want to be embarrassed. <laughs> um, uh, so he's, he's saying, you know, this is, this is for my sake. It's not, not because you guys aren't awesome, but it's, it's for my sake to make sure that, uh, that, you know, we, you know, that, that we're all prepared here. We're all on the same page, essentially. All right, verse five. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. I mean, nobody likes, uh, nobody likes to have to be like, oh man, they're watching me. All right, fine. You know, here you go. I'll give you money for the people in Jerusalem I'll never meet and I don't care about, you know, you don't want that. You don't want that. And so it's, it's, Paul's already talked about this multiple times, apparently. And he's, he's wanting to, to lay the groundwork for this again. So the, the last week we talked about all the baggage that comes with this, but all the good things that Christians are, what, who we are as a people, what Jesus sacrifice has made us, what Paul talks about in terms of that. This is a very, very big deal that uh, that we remember that it is in, it's 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 kind of like our birthright to give to uh, provide for 
for people that are less fortunate than, than us. That is this, who the Lord has, has made us to be by his sacrifice. All right, so the, the next verse, the next passage we'll get to tomorrow is where so much baggage and junk comes in. And I, I see people use these scriptures in in really unhelpful ways. And I think sometimes very unchristian ways. And you've probably seen it too. And it bothers me. It bothers me. But we have to remember that, you know, the Lord, Paul's going to tell us tomorrow that, you know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver, right? Um, he doesn't want the Corinthians giving uh, begrudgingly. And so he's preempting them on, on asking them for money. He's laying a lot of groundwork for this. And I think that that is actually not a bad, not a bad plan when talking about giving, when talking about Christians donating is to give plenty of ample time to think things through and then follow through on it. Right. We, we, we need time to think things over and discuss things with our, our spouses, but it's also very important to follow through with that with that giving. Um, again, you know, I said, uh, our last podcast, last broadcast of last week, I said that I encourage you to give to things where people can be, their felt needs can be met, uh, in, you know, in real time where, where people who actually need, material, physical things that actually, it, it actually, you know, you are helping people that are close to the Lord. They are closer to accepting the Lord than most other people. And those are important things to give to, because that is where evangelism uh, is so much more powerful, so much more powerful. And it's, it's, I think a lot of times we can lose focus on that. We can lose sight of that. And so, that's what Paul is asking them to give to. And I think it would be good for us to remember that in our, our giving. I'll leave it with that. We're going to get into some interesting things starting tomorrow. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.